Welcome to Like Flint Radio. I'm your host, GK, and I'm speaking to you from my bush hut studio in southern sunny Queensland. This is a very special episode of Like Flint Radio because my guest is a pastor from Nepal who is currently in Australia speaking about his work in Nepal following the terrible earthquake there earlier this year. Before we get to our guest, I've got a couple of things that I want to discuss with you. Um, the first thing is we need your prayers. Uh, for some time now, our website has been under attack. I won't go into explicit details, but it's a sustained and deliberate attempt to stop what we do here at Like Flint Radio. We we get our everyday scans and probes from uh, some of the uh, well-known countries that are into that sort of thing, like every website does get. And, you know, they're looking for any vulnerabilities that we may have and maybe perhaps to um, pinch a little bit of bandwidth. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something else. Um, we obviously have someone out there who doesn't like what we do. I'm not sure if it's the funny accent or the funny hat that I sometimes wear, but I'm going to ask you to pray for the website and pray for our crew and what we do here. As you'd know, if you've listened to us for a while, we're not here to serve ourselves. Uh, everything we do is free of charge. Uh, we pay for everything ourselves, and we do this as a service to the wider community, the wider Christian community, and the wider internet community. And, uh, you know, we don't set out to offend anybody uh, intentionally, other than perhaps if the gospel is preached on our program, sometimes people will get offended by that, but we won't be stopping that, that's for sure. So please take the time to pray. And can I also ask you to share our website our uh, and our shows and our episodes with everyone that you know. So thanks so much in advance and God bless you as you do that. Uh, secondly, um, and I really want to ask you for your prayers here as well. I'm in the process of launching a new project. Uh, it's going to be a series on the history of the King James Bible. It's something that I've been wanting to do for a while and I finally got around to it. You can go to my website for a sneak peek. There's not much there to see, but at least you can go there and bookmark it and uh, keep an eye out for when we do go live with that. But it's a bit of a long address, but it's the uh, the one I wanted. So it's www.ahistoryofthekingjamesbiblepodcast.com. So that's, I'll say that for you again, www.ahistoryofthekingjamesbiblepodcast.com. There's not much to see there, like I say. Um, I'm busy researching, writing, and recording at the moment. It's actually working out to a little over an hour's work for one minute of recording output. So it's pretty pretty hard slog going at the moment because that takes into research, writing, recording, editing, uh, and, and so on. Um, but... I'm letting you know that this is coming soon, but also 
uh, you know, if you're interested, um, some of you won't be. That's the reason I haven't been able to do as many um, like Flint radio shows. That combined with my ongoing health concerns have limited my output for like Flint radio. So I'd ask you to pray for those three areas. Uh, our like Flint radio website, uh, the new history of the King James Bible website and uh, that project, and also for my health so that I can continue to uh, do these programs uh, for you. Okay, so now to this episode. Recently, I was invited to hear Pastor Makundra Sharma from Nepal speak as part of his tour in Australia, uh, visiting the congregations who have assisted his organization back in Nepal following the disaster there earlier this year. That assistance was organized by Pastor Frick of Asia Focus Australia. And I was invited by a friend of his to go along and hear Pastor Makundra's wonderful testimony and to hear about what he does in Nepal. Um, I was so impressed with what I heard that night that I asked Pastor Makundra to come on our show and share some of that with you. Um, so while he was still here in Australia, we hooked up via Skype for this brief dis- discussion that follows here. Um, I'm sure you're going to be impressed by this. Um, and I'll put all the links to any of the relevant organizations mentioned here in the show notes uh, on this episode at our website so you can go and have a look at um, his website and Asia Focus Australia's website. Okay, so here we go with Pastor Makundra Sharma, the founder and chairman of Transformation Nepal. Welcome to Like Flint Radio, uh, Pastor Makunda. Thank you for uh, sparing this time. Okay, you are welcome. And thank you, you too, for giving me uh, this time to talk about uh, something about Nepal and something about myself. It was a wonderful evening last night um, when I came and listened to you speaking in Toowoomba. And um, I think, as I told you earlier, I was really encouraged and uh, I just uh, thought straight away, I must have you on the show. You have a wonderful story. Um, can you just tell our audience a little bit about what you do in Nepal at the moment, uh, and then we will talk about your life before you became a Christian, if that's okay. So just tell us a little bit about what's going on in Nepal and what you're doing right now. Okay. Uh, I'm a basically, I'm a pa- pastor, one of the uh, church, uh, one of the church in Nepal, and uh, I do work uh, in, in the church with the Congregation. Same time, I'm working for national movement for uh, Christian commitment to building new Nepal, and I work for religious freedom uh, uh, in Nepal, especially in uh, Nepal case. And I am in uh, 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 executive uh, member of uh, Nepal Christian Society, which is an umbrella organization of twenty plus. Uh, denomination of uh, uh, Nepal. At the same time, I work uh, uh, with the social work in Dija. I am quite heavily involved in disaster relief now. Uh, we are going for re- reconstruction, rehabilitation. So I'm just working for that. I'm just leading this all kind of movement in Nepal. Yes, so you, you wear a lot of hats and you do a lot of work. You're not just a pastor of one church. I understand you're, you're, you're like a, 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 we might use the word a bishop over many churches as well there. Um, and you're working um, with uh, the relief there, obviously, after the earthquake. So, and um, you're also working in many other uh, agencies to bring 
uh, Christianity to Nepal. Um, one of the things that you spoke about last night that I was interested in was that um, Nepal is creating a new constitution. Part of that is uh, about religious freedom in Nepal. Can you tell us one of the difficulties that might come about with that constitution as far as Christians go about um, people being allowed to change religion in Nepal? Uh, yes. Uh, so a uh, uh, few months ago, like in September 20th, in Nepal, uh, country, country of Nepal got a new constitution. In Article 26, there is a, a lot of article, uh, the the article 26 there is a one two three so there is uh, the topic about uh, uh, under this uh, 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 religious freedom there is a uh, three things is stated clearly that first thing is that uh, they nepal is a secular state and uh, then secondly saying that uh, uh, people have a uh, uh, have a got the religious freedom but when it comes when it ends then uh, no one can change their heart and his religion uh, if that the, the he or she change the religion then uh, it will be uh, punishable or criminalized and that makes a lot of difficulties for now in Nepal. I am, I am, I just have been in Human Rights Commission in Geneva to lobby uh, this fact, and uh, it's not, uh, it's not in line with the international treaty, international human rights, uh, you know, commission like Article 18. It's not where we we get. Uh, religious religious freedom but in nepal we don't have right to freely practice our faith right so um so you've been to geneva to lobby uh the international human rights organization to uh, about this topic because um uh, what you're saying is that um uh, a person won't be able to change their religion so if i'm understanding correctly uh pastor makunda that um, you can practice your religion, but you're not entitled to change it. Is that correct? Uh, the practice uh, practice religion is like just a little bit only, but uh, I should not uh, do any kind of, uh, I should not disturb. It means like, for example, uh, in the church, we have uh, music and all kind of things. If somebody want to, uh, you know, complain about this music or some preaching, uh, mm. then I can be uh, punished. I can be uh, punished by the law. Oh, okay. So you, okay. So it's not completely free. If people hear you singing hymns and stuff, and that at your church, they can complain about that. Yeah, yeah. They, when they go, they go. If they they feel disturbed, for mm-hmm. example, then they they can complain and they can. I can be punished. Okay. Yeah. There is uh, now difficulties that the churches of Nepal, the congregation are not registered and uh, the, uh, by it is not recognized by government yet. There is no any law and there is no any kind of uh, provision act about uh, our uh, institution and uh, we don't get any facility from the Nepal government about this matter until now. So this is a little bit difficulties for us, 
that we are not institutionalized. We are not institutionalized. So we are we are not getting any any things. We are already uh, ignored. Like uh, we this Christianity is ignored religion in Nepal. Right. Okay. So I understand now. Um, so yes, you're not recognised by the government. You're not registered in any way. So therefore, perhaps um, you might say they prefer that you know you didn't exist as institutions. Would it, that be right to say that? Yes, yes, that is that is the correct word. Okay, all right. Um, okay. Okay, so, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about your life before you became a believer. Um, let my, Help my audience understand uh, the caste system that you came came from, your background, and uh, uh, and what it mean, meant to be uh, in your position before you became a believer. Yes, uh, I was a strong Hindu when... Uh, I, I born in Hindu family and brought up in Hindu family until age of uh, 23. And before the, during that time, I am a strong Hindu. In Nepal, we have a, a caste system. Is uh, uh, There is a mainly, there are a lot of caste system, but uh, mainly four major caste system. One is first is Brahmin, which is high caste. And second one is a Chetriya, which is second class. And then Vaishya is uh, another one. And Sudra, which is a Dalit, uh, which is a low caste. So there are four castes. Then out of four, I, 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 I am a, a high caste priestly family. And, um, I, I used to go to temple. I used my father, my grandfather were the priest of the society and they used to go to temple. They worship and they help to the people and for the worship. And that is one thing. And I was struggling still. Uh, I used to go to temples, but I did not get in my peace, in my mind, in my spirit. And same time, my district where I come from is Rukum which is uh, most affected, conflict affected by civil war or Maoist. So I was uh, involved for 10 years uh, for this uh, uh, this movement and the civil wars. And uh, outside I was a, a communist uh, Maoist and uh, inside in my heart I, I was uh, uh, like searching for God. And I became a Maoist because I wanted to have a equal opportunity for all. But I did not get that. So uh, what you're saying is that the uh, Maoism and uh, the Hinduism uh, on the outside, your appearance and, and because of your caste uh, background on the outside, it might might have looked like all things were going well for you. But on the inside, you were you are unhappy and you were searching for God. Yes. And so how did you end up becoming a Christian? Because that's a very interesting story. Um, can you tell our audience? Because I, I heard you speaking on it last night and I was amazed. Yeah, uh, because I I, I, I I was searching for God and I came for, because from my hometown to come to Kathmandu, those days it took five days walk. Then I get a bus and uh, 14 hours journey to come to Kathmandu. And uh, then... Uh, uh, I uh, I was sitting, I was staying in some homes, some person with my brother and next to my room, there was a one person who told me about Jesus, Jesus Christ. And then first thing I did not accept, I just uh, uh, 
hate him because I was a strong Hindu and I was uh, outside, as I said, communist. Both sides is not linking with the uh, Christianity. So I just hate him and I just uh, you know, tell him to go out and first time and second time when he came and uh, he asked me to go to church and uh, I, I went with a different uh, motive to to do uh, uh, to do bad things for the people and pastors and uh, you know uh, having some harm so so um, first time and second time and third time when i tried to go there and uh, and ultimately in like third time or fourth time this pastor prayed for me and i uh, got uh, uh, healed in physically mentally and spiritually so that is my history isn't that that's an amazing story? So you went there with the intention of causing trouble. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> to too much, it. too much. Is it even arrest them to take them to police? Okay, so you 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 were there to perhaps report on them so that they'd yes. get arrested. Yes, and you ended up becoming a believer. Yes, after that, <laughs> it was it was a total changing. I don't know what does it mean, wow, how it changed, you know, mm. but it changed like that. It's it's wonderful. Um, and can you tell our listeners also, um, now because of your uh, position, uh, your family's position in, um, in Nepal, um, uh, before this happened, uh, because of, uh, you know, your place, others would have worshipped you as a god. Is this correct? Yes, yes. They're, they're first class. It is like a Brahmin is like a, they always worship. They tell us the uh, Bhagawan in Nepali. Is like a, a guru in Nepali. They call it a Ishwar in Nepali. Devuta. It's called Devuta in Nepali, yes. Um, so uh, before this time, you would have seen as a very important person, but tell our audience uh, the position you had now that you became a Christian. When you come from being a Hindu to choosing Christianity, tell our audience what happened when you went home and told your family and your father and how, how, how you were received. Yes, when when I when I went home after receiving Christ as a Lord uh, as a my savior, then uh, my after talking many many hours with my parents, uh, then they said, uh, then because you just change your religion, you just violate my culture, and how uh, you put me down, and now no, you are no more my son. You will not get anything from me and uh, better you leave from home and you do your one and uh, whatever Be- because in Nepali culture pa- the sons and daughters are eligible to get uh, the things what they, the, the parents have right like inherit we call it inheritance yes yes and so your father rejected you and said you, you best leave because you're not getting anything from me yes okay um, and um, were you married at this point in time? Yes, I was. I was married, and I had a three-month uh, one a small uh, child. Right now he is uh, twenty-three, and I had to leave with this child. Uh, I had to go with this child and my wife. And um, how did your wife uh, receive the news at the time? Because she's a believer now. I know that, but how did she? Uh, understand and it was, it was it was very difficult. It took three months. Uh, I was just praying. I did not force her to be a Christian, mm-hmm. but I just prayed for her and uh, 
After three months of talking and praying, God changed her life and she became a Christian. First time she did not accept um, me and uh, the uh, Jesus Christ there. Now, um, because the reason I asked about your wife is that I, I understand in Nepal it's quite different to um, what you might see here in Australia, um, uh, Pastor Makunda, because last night... Uh, at the meeting, you uh, you showed the the audience how you were allowed to hug your wife in public, um, but you wouldn't be able to do this in Nepal, would you? Um, because yes, yes, w- w- women are expected to um, treated much differently in Nepal. Can yes. you can you tell our audience a bit about that, like uh, and how they must behave? Uh, because we again we are in culturally and religiously mm-hmm. uh, the women's uh, the in. They treated uh, like uh, they have no, no, they treated no good things, you know, to yeah. to to, to women. Yeah. And uh, we don't hug each other. We don't sit together. And uh, and they are just uh, like the the husbands are the god for the wives. Oh, okay. So it's it's it's. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, so they that's are, they are not equal to us. Not equal. According to uh, culture or religious value, Hindu religious value. Mm. And is it still the thing, the the done thing in Nepal that your wife must walk behind you in public? Uh, yeah, it's like after after having a Christianity, when we um, knew knew that uh, there is a equal equal equality, mm-hmm. but still uh, we sometimes we hesitate to uh, like a hug in public mm-hmm. place. Mm. I, I thought that was wonderful last night, I, and um, I got the significance as, uh, as soon as I saw that. I thought that was wonderful. You're currently listening to Light Flint Radio. For more episodes, visit our website, www.lightflintradio.com. Also, if you'd like to contact me, you can email me at gk at lightflintradio.com. That's all lowercase, gk at lightflintradio.com. So now, back to the show. Okay, um, so uh, tell us a little bit more. What happened after you became a believer, and uh, how did you, how did your life move on from there, and how did you end up becoming a, a pastor? How did that happen? Ah, okay. So what happened was uh, after leaving my home, and uh, I, I I started to talk about uh, Christianity. People just hate me. Uh, they just you know uh, treat treated me badly. But still, I did not leave. I did not tell. I did not uh, anybody. I just I was just humble and saying that uh, Jesus Christ is the Lord. And then, um, and I was just spreading the gospel. Uh, even though on the other side, I had no food to eat. But still, uh, because I had no job, anything because I had to feed my wife and children. And but I had no job. But still, I I I went for Jesus and uh, I started to uh, speak. And then I. Uh, people were interested and they they wanted to listen more. Then I asked them to meet somewhere in a small room and I started to open my Bible and talk from there. I did not know what is this, what is that, but I just simply read the Bible and thank God for that. That's all. And then after nine months, uh, sorry, six months, I uh, got baptized and then somebody said, okay, now you have to take care of these people, and you are the pastor. That's that's all. <laughs> so, so yeah. it was only six months you got baptized, and they said, "Okay, now you're the pastor." 
Yes. <laughs> so um, what did you, did you know what being a pastor meant? Oh, I don't know. I did not know what is pastor, what is blaster, whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they just said me that you are the leader and pastor of this church. <laughs> or they, they said church also. I did not know. Okay. So um, so what happened, what happened next? What happened after that? Because now you are sort of head over a number of churches. Had, had, what happened next after that? Oh, then I just, uh, what happened was after that, I, I after having a for seven or eight months uh, like this, spreading the gospel in different places, and I started uh, this uh, fellow, uh, the congregation in different part of, uh, different part of uh, my district, and uh, we just uh, sat together, and uh, oh, then I, I felt that I had to go to Bible college, then I went to Bible college with my wife and two kids and that's all now how did you now because you couldn't it was difficult to find work especially being a christian and of course um having been cut off from your family you didn't have a lot of money tell us how you paid your way through bible college how did you pay for the tuition and and your your yeah yeah yes 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 like different story and uh i know when i was in the when i was in the college and I had no money to pay my fees, and I had to work in different places. Like, uh, if you say, like, uh, they gave me some work in the <laughs> toilet cleaning, kitchen cleaning, library cleaning, like that. And uh, first year, second and third year, and I paid from that. And and you mentioned last night because you know in the West we're quite comfortable. You know we we uh, have. Uh, life quite easy and you made the point that you said when you were cleaning the toilets for the first year it's not like cleaning toilets here in Australia is it? Yeah 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 I mean this is very dirty you know very dirty and boys toilet. Right all the boys toilets (laughs) (laughs) but but, but thanks thanks God you worked hard and then um, you you made your way through Bible college Yes, Um, and so now you've been a believer for over 20 years now Uh, yes 23 now, now let's talk about what you're doing um, uh, these days. Um, uh, so you're the pastor of a church. Um, is it near Kathmandu? Yes, in Bhakta. In, in, we have a Kathmandu is a valley. We have a three district, and uh, we have a small district called Bhaktapur. I'm a pastor of that church, uh, and uh, uh, now uh, uh, we have a uh, more than fifty seven congregation in my district where I started the. Uh, church work in in my district, and I heavily involved with disaster relief, earthquake disaster relief, uh, uh, where there was an earthquake in Nepal. Right. Can we talk about that a little bit? Can you tell us uh, what happened uh, during the earthquake um, for you and your family and congregation, and then tell us how you um, got to work with the disaster relief afterwards. Oh, so uh, we we were in the church and uh, we were just uh, I was just in preaching uh, time and uh, the big uh, um, earthquake, big uh, shake came there and people were just crying and crying and screaming and yelling and I had to rescue them because I work for disaster relief uh, from since two thousand six and uh, I have a I have a little bit experience of disaster uh, relief. Uh, management or a reduction, whatever it is, but uh, I had to take care of uh, these uh, members of the church. And at the same time, I had to 
you know, my daughter was frozen because she was at home at the time and I, it, it was very difficulties. And for 21 days, more than three weeks, I was in, in, in Tarful, in, in tent. And you saw yesterday the picture, I was there. And it's not, not only that, I had to take care, I had to serve to the society with my whole family for the disaster. So secondly, what we did was, and uh, uh, the connection with Australia was Aust- uh, this Asia focus, the August Frike, Pastor August Frike, we, we, we had no meeting, we had no talk, we had no, we did not know each other, but somehow God uh, provided, uh, gave me this information about Asia focus and August Frike, and they helped a lot for in disaster for the whole community. That's right. So, um, yes, I met Pastor August last night, and uh, I'll just tell our audience that what happened was um, uh, Asia Focus Australia, um, and uh, the head of that organization is uh, Pastor Frick. And um, after the disaster, he contacted uh, Pastor Makunda here and uh, offered some help. Tell tell our audience what happened when you heard from him, um, because like you said, you're living under a tarpaulin. Um, there was lots of uh, death and destruction all around you. And then um, you heard from Pastor uh, Frick and, and tell our audience what your response was when he contacted you. Oh, he said, uh, he, I, I was I was in... Uh, I was in calling. I was calling him and the email, and uh, that that time also one more earthquake came, and I had to come out. And uh, I sent some request to him, and uh, I sent uh, Pastor Frike. We need a lot of uh, assistance from you. If you can help us, we are in need. Our family is in need. Our uh, members are in need. Our society is in need. Lot of more than ten thousand people died, and lot of. Uh, houses and a lot of schools are building are collapsed. A lot of students have no no food, no 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 clothes. Can you help us? And I just sent him a, a small proposal. Then, uh, then he said later on that I hey, look Mukunda, yeah, thank you for sending this information, but I don't have money. Uh, we live by faith. That was his response. And uh, then I said, okay, we are. Uh, we are. We don't have a food to eat, but you are saying that live by faith. What does it mean? You know, like I, I was a little bit struggling with him. Then after some time, he said, like I don't have, but I will give the information to our people, and if God willing, God provide, and uh, I just let you know. But he say I don't have money. And then we know that, uh, like, it was, it's wonderful, isn't it? Because he, he told you that, uh, like, you're in this dire situation. And then, uh, he tells you, well, we live by faith. And, uh, so you must say, okay, what, what's going on here? What do we do? But, um, we know that shortly after that, that he put a message out to the churches that he's involved in and they raised, um, a, a lot of money and they were able to bring, um, able to purchase supplies with that. Um, tell our audience, um, uh, what you were able to get with that money and how you, um, how you supplied the people. Like, what were the actual ingredients? Like, I know it was a bag of rice, but what else did you, uh, were you able to give people? Yeah, uh, we so we uh, with that uh, Asia focus money, uh, we got uh, we we support for uh, the rice. Uh, uh, oh, before that, we we gave people uh, eatable things like noodles, which is ready to eat food for a few days, and then afterwards, you know, uh, 
uh, we gave uh, uh, food item. It's called like we have a, we we are distributing according to Red Cross uh, standards and human uh, that like UN standards. Like for example, rice, lentil, lentils, and uh, uh, salt, oil, and uh, uh, you know some uh, that is for uh, eating things. Uh, some uh, some sugar, some salt, some like that, and then for clothing. Uh, non-food item is we just uh, distributed a uh, tarpaulin. They don't have a tarpaulin, and uh, because people are just in open ground. So, so, we, so that's tarpaulins. You 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 uh, gave tarpaulins for them to live under. Yes, yes, and then we we gave some blankets, blankets uh, to 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 save their uh, to 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 cover their uh, you know um, body because some of some of them have no clothes. So it was very difficult situation, but we we did not have a lot of clothes, but we gave just blankets and some utensils, you know, some to to cook. We gave like that, and uh, uh, then that is one thing. Then secondly, we helped them for the children, children uh, who lost their parents, who lost their you know their dear ones and whoever's. Uh, we gave them some food, including some clothes, some. Uh, uh, bag, backpacks and some stationery. And third thing what we did was we helped for the, uh, uh temporary shelter, you know, giving some, uh, bamboo, some, um, tin sheet and something like that. And another one is we did, uh, uh, the counseling training for the, our volunteers. Yeah. That's, that's what we use the money, what Asia focused on the people who gave. Uh, the money with their heart and we, uh, with their, you know, uh, with their service, and we use that money uh, for the Nepali people. Yes, look, it's a, it's a wonderful story about how the money was raised uh, 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 over a short period of time, and uh, uh, you were able to use that money to feed and shelter, and and like you said, even training people for counselling in in such a situation. Can you tell our audience? Um, how uh, you encourage your congregation because they were in a, a hard uh, uh, position as well after the earthquake. But tell our audience what you told your congregation to do, what you encourage them to do. Yeah, I before earthquake, I used to tell our people we are not only doing gospel work, evangelism, but we do social work because it is the model of Jesus Christ, which Jesus said uh, he just... Uh, uh, talk about uh, kingdom of God, and uh, he also fed a uh, lot of uh, five thousand people with uh, limited resources. You know, it, it, that was the miracle. So uh, that was uh, I was just telling to uh, educating to our people, and the time came, the earthquake came, and then I said I encouraged them, hey, we have to help to our society. Please, can you ready to go to help to the people? So that's what they are so motivated and they went because they are themselves were victims. Yes. And, but, but they just, they just leave these things and they went for, uh, helping to society. And, uh, after some time they tra- traumatized, you know, difficult situation. They have to take care of their family. They have to take care of themselves. They are like my, our family, including my family. And then we have to, uh, give our training for psychological trauma, trauma, uh, trauma healing training like that 
And part of your uh, ethos is um, uh, part of the work that you do is not just preaching the gospel, not just spreading the good news, but also serving the people. Can you tell us a little bit about that? That's how you put uh, your faith into action. Like it's not just preaching the gospel, but you will serve others no matter who they are. Is that correct? Yes, I, I, we, we help. Uh, we help. Uh, we help to the society without anything, only only the principle is that God loves us and we love to the people because we were also the same case. We are also in the, in the human being. We all are uh, deserved to get help from others. So uh, this is we call holistic uh, development. So we, we are just helping to people without any condition. For example, when our volunteer went to distribute the food, they never said about, uh, they never shared about gospel. They never share the gospel, but they just help with their heart, with their mind, with their will. And and were people encouraged when you were putting this into action, like you were telling your volunteers, look, just give the food, give the, uh, the necessities, uh, just help people. Um, did some of those people respond to that kindness and were interested in Christianity after that? Uh, yeah, that is a different story, but we never said people to come to be a Christian. No, we did not say. But afterwards, after some time, these people found that we are from we are from Christian community. And they started to, you know, uh, uh, get information and want to know about more about Christianity and Jesus Christ. And uh, then people just went there. Uh, they came to meet us and visit us. Now, in few places, people are just interested to, uh, you know, to know more about Jesus Christ. So um, in, in one way, we could say that because through your good works and you're encouraging your congregation to do good works, good deeds, uh, as we are encouraged to in the Bible, um, uh, this also helps people uh, understand that it's unconditional love, like God loves us unconditionally, therefore we must love others unconditionally. And, and through this, uh, we show people what uh, Christianity is, what, what love is, and what faith in action is, and then the response is, <clears throat> in some ways, um, uh, people are interested. Why are these people acting like this? Is that correct to say that? Yes, that is that is very that is the correct one. And then that's what we just uh, started this uh, organization called Transformation Nepal, mm -hmm. which is a NGO. We are responsible for uh, not only for the Christian among Christian society, but we are responsible, accountable to government, Nepal government. Uh, there is uh, some standards that we have to follow, which is uh, which is good for the society. Yes, and so um, w with the idea of this transforming Nepal, um, what's the big picture of that? What will it be uh, in the bigger picture? What what's the aim? Yeah, the aim is to uh, the aim is to uh, holistic development and prosperous. The aim is to holistic development and prosperous society for for nepal so does that yes. include things like education um oh we yes. have uh, yes education livelihood disaster risk management mm -hmm. and some leadership training some education training and something uh, uh something like that okay <clears throat> well um okay that's interesting because um uh it, it, you can show how that uh you can be a pastor you have a congregation you have many congregations but you're also interested in the um the 
well-being of your nation and uh, because we know, um, say, by comparison to Australia, uh, you know, Australia is a very wealthy country uh, and people in Nepal are suffering. And so you're interested in in seeing your own nation be built up and become a strong country and uh, young people get education so that they can get work and so that they can uh, provide for themselves and their families. Is it, is it the correct point of view? Is, is this right? Yes. And uh, I want to, uh, this is my just uh, uh, vision that I want to involve in development aspect of Nepal and to reduce, to contribute, to reduce the uh, poverty of Nepal as a whole. Yes, and and as you said before, uh, also uh, disaster preparedness because you, besides being a pastor, you're also trained and you work in that area, don't you? Yes, yes, we do, we do. Okay, and so um, so like I was saying earlier, you wear a lot of hats. You're a very <laughs> very busy uh, man, aren't you, Makanda? Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm a little bit busy, but uh, <laughs> I'm very fine. It's no problem because that's what God motivate. That is the motivation that I, I, I'm working. Okay. And um, just before we finish up, tell our uh, our listeners what you're doing here in Australia. Um, how long have you been here and uh, uh, what are you here for? What's happening? Uh, yeah, I came here on tw- uh, uh, 12th of uh, this month, November 12th, and I will be until uh, 22nd of this month. Mm-hmm. And I came here, uh, this Asia Focus uh, for Australia invited me to come here and to talk about uh, my vision and mission and uh, how we work together in the mission field in Nepal, the needy people and uh, uh, in both ways, in a holistic way. And that's what uh, uh, the people who supported uh, us through Asia Focus, they wanted to know uh, uh, about the work, what uh, the support, what they supported. They want to know from my mouth uh, yes. that where we uh, help to to uh, where their support went, you know. So uh, you were here to meet the people that assisted you, and and they got to hear from your, like you say, from your own mouth, uh, what what happened with their uh, their assistance. And I got to say that, um, like I met you last night, and uh, I know we're skyping now, but um, but yes, I met you in person last night, and I was really really encouraged at that meeting. You had a wonderful story, but that's why I wanted to meet you, invite you on the show because you had a wonderful story. Uh, and I really enjoyed uh, uh, what you spoke about last night. And also that you have, a, a, even in these trying times, I was really encouraged by you, uh, by your uh, your witness, but also <laughs> your sense of humor. I see that you still can have a sense of humor through these uh, tough times in Nepal. Yes, it's a little bit uh, difficulties, but uh, I want to say thank you to all uh, supporter mm. uh, for Nepal and including you that you are just spreading this thing information to all over the world those who are listening this and then if people are interested to help Nepal and uh, they can come to me and meet uh, me and we can have a chat and talk and discuss whatever and there is a need for uh, mission work in Nepal and mission and then uh, social work like rehab, uh, rehabilitation uh, reconstruction uh, of work of Nepal uh, of, like, because of disaster or something like that. So we can have, join hand together uh, with you and with you people who are, whoever listened to uh, this uh, interview this morning. Excellent. Okay, so what I'll do is I'll put <clears throat> your contact details um, for your website 
Uh, I'll put those in the show notes when I put this show up so that if people uh, want to contact you, they can. And at the um, and also I'd ask our listeners to pray for Pastor Makunda and his uh, congregation and his work and also to pray for Asia Focus. So, um, Pastor, thank you for your time this morning. I know you're very busy. Uh, you're touring around uh, uh, um, Australia, uh, talking to people about what you do. So thanks for coming on to Like Flint Radio. Okay, thank you so much for inviting me and thank you for all. Thank you, God bless. Thank you.